Hello, guys. I hope you're doing absolutely incredible today. Uh, you have Alex McFadden here, your host with the YVR Remo Show. And today I've got a very interesting technical show for you guys. So this is all about a jackknife of mortgages. And that jackknife is a HELOC or the home equity line of credit. Now, we're going to do a deep dive today into exactly what that is, how you can use it, how you qualify for it, the tools, the uses, the break-evens. Like we go really, really, really deep on this episode. Now, whether you're a home buyer, owner, investor, and in the industry, you should probably be listening to this and even watching it on the YouTube channel. That's right, we put everything that we do on our YouTube channel, plus so much more. So if you haven't subscribed already, go check out Thrive Mortgage Co. No, don't don't mistake that with Thrive Mortgage. It's Thrive Mortgage Co. on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button and make sure to check out all of our videos because we break this all down in so much detail and you would miss out a ton if you're not checking that out. Also, don't forget, check out the iTunes page and leave us a review if you're loving the show. This way we can provide you guys with even more content because that fuels our fire as well as letting other people know what we're doing. We're still hoping we give more of those fancy Thrive mugs away. And if you just leave us a five-star review and send us a picture, we're going to send you a mug to your door. So, Anyways, guys, enjoy this episode with myself, Alex McFadden, my partners, Dean Lawton and Derek Williamson, and we'll talk to you soon. What's up, guys? You are listening to the YBR Remo Show, where we talk all things Vancouver real estate and mortgages, take boring topics, and make them interesting. Make sure to stay tuned to listen to everything you need to know how to put cash back in your pocket create wealth in real estate, and simplify the complicated. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. If you are listening to the podcast, we are excited about what we're going to talk about to you guys today is something that um, I think a lot of people don't spend enough time thinking about and maybe just don't understand enough about. And we call it the uh, Swiss Army Knife of Mortgages, and it is the home equity line of credit and really not just going to talk about a home equity line of credit and what it is. I mean, that would be really, really boring. Um, today, we're going to talk a little bit more about how you can use it, how you can qualify for it, where does it fit in daily life, investment strategies, and what are people using it for uh, for it right now? So let's, uh, let's get into it, boys. So if anybody who doesn't know is listening right now, if you're first time joining us, my name is Alex McFadden. I got my partner, Dean Lawton. Dean, welcome to the show. Thank you. Awesome. This is uh, Dean's mastermind today, giving us some of the notes for this. And then I uh, got Derek Williamson here, uh, enjoying a nice Tim Hortons coffee today. Sponsored. Sponsored. I Not wish. Quite. I wish. Hold on. Our boys over at Farm Brewing might be a little upset about that <laughs> one. They haven't. <laughs> we I don't need see little, any beer. I know. We're gonna need it. We're gonna need to get them back on it. Uh, so, well, let's let's get right into it. We don't want to waste much time. People come to us because they want the goods, they want the information, um, and uh, we want to talk about it. So today, what we're going to do is we're going to walk you through uh, when to use a, a HELOC, what you know, what situations make a lot of sense, both when you're purchasing and selling, if you're buying an investment or construction or whatever, and what it has literally doesn't make any sense at all. We'll talk a little bit about qualification, and then Dean, actually, if you guys are listening on the Instagram, check out the Facebook. If you're listening to the podcast, watch the video later if you get a chance on our YouTube channel. 
Um, we'll walk through a scenario and we'll try to describe it and break it all down as to uh, what, what's that scenario that we're going to touch on there? Yeah, we're going to do an example of a home equity line of credit. So a HELOC versus a variable. And when it, uh, it will just help you understand when it would make sense to actually not take a home equity line of credit and where it will actually cost you more money. So we'll go through a visual and we'll do that towards the end. So I think to your point, if you're watching us uh, or make sure to watch it, if you are listening to see that example uh, visually, but we will do our very best to to make it as detailed as possible to describe it for our listeners. Yeah, you know what, guys? Um, I actually want to just jump in here real quick because our last few episodes, uh, if you guys listen to the last episode, it was like a 90-second uh, free-for-all. Dean was, um, <laughs> was sweating. Derek was busy working on some approvals at that time, so he couldn't join us. He's here again today. But uh, before we go too deep into this, we'd love to know, like, give, give us some feedback on, do you like, you guys prefer these technical uh, episodes? We still are going to do a trip around the country and talk to some experts. Like, what kind of content are you guys enjoying? We're hearing good feedback from a lot of different people, and we want to know. So we're going to be a little bit technical today. We'll try to use some some scenarios and examples. But uh, hey, man, we use your feedback, and we take that feedback and move forward. So don't forget to give us a review and, and rock forward. So Derek, why don't you uh, why don't you lead us off, buddy? Let's start off with um, you know again where it makes sense to. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, just to before I cut you. Sorry to cut you off. So, <laughs> what is a home equity line of credit? Are we oh. are we clear on that for everyone? Do we want to just quickly do a quick example of what it actually is? I think that makes sense. Yeah, give her. So a home equity line of credit, it is it functions like a typical line of credit that you would get uh, unsecured. However, it's it's secured to the property. So it's secured to your home as a mortgage. It's registered on title like a mortgage, but it functions just like any other line of credit. Yeah. So some of the key pieces of a line of credit is you only pay interest on the amount that you're borrowing. So if you have a $500 line of credit, but you've only borrowed $200, you're only paying interest on the money that you've borrowed. Um, and it's re-advanceable, meaning that you can pay it down and pull money out, pay it down and pull money out, which isn't how a typical mortgage or loan is structured. Yeah, I mean, and uh, to that point, it's a little bit different, as uh, Dean kind of alluded to, a little different than your typical line of credit. A lot of people think they have a uh, just a, a line of credit, which they might with their bank or other institution credit union. Usually that's capped off, or, and we normally see that unless you're using it for a student line of credit, like a medical purpose or otherwise, it's usually capped off around thirty five dollars to $50,000. And the biggest difference between the home equity line of credit versus, as we mentioned, just like your unsecured, is often cost. Like that's the biggest one. And then the amount that you can borrow, because usually unless it's like a medical student line of credit or a large business line of credit, you're pretty capped off around that 35 to 50 mark is usually what we see. Um, so any, any other uh, differentiation on that? No, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Like we see home equity line of credits for the full size of the mortgage. Some people take their entire mortgage as a home equity line of credit, and that could be as much as a million dollars. Yeah, so like an unsecured line of credit, if you walked into your bank, they would probably charge you somewhere in the range of four to 7%. Yeah. Whereas if you get the line of credit and you qualify for it to be tied to your home, it's typically prime plus a half. So 2.95, there are some institutions that can be a little bit cheaper, but the rate's a lot lower because it has, they have the bank has security, which is tied to your real estate, right? So a secured loan is always going to be cheaper than unsecured. Always, always. All right. So uh, get right into it. So uh, let's talk about when you might use uh, a home equity line of credit and use some some examples through it. We've got a list of different scenarios. So maybe not rapid fire today, but pretty darn close to it. And we start off with uh, short-term financing and when short-term financing made sense. So Dean, you wrote this out. So why don't you let us, let us know what you're thinking here? Yeah, short term seems to make the most sense for a home equity line of credit. And what I mean by that is if you only need it for a short term, uh, short period of time. Um, 
So think of, uh, let's, let's say we're doing a renovation and we know we're going to get it, you know, paid back or roll it back into the mortgage. So for example, we're doing a $50,000 reno home equity line of credits there and easily accessible. So we use the, the money and pay it back in say three months. So that's kind of what I meant by a short term. Okay. I okay. think another piece that ties into short term is like, if you plan on paying it off very quickly, so maybe a renovation that you're going to flip and sell the house. And if you had a fixed or variable rate mortgage, you would incur a penalty if you were to sell that house six months later, whereas the line of credit product has absolutely no penalty to pay it off. So that's why it's good for short term is it'll keep your costs down when it comes to penalties. Yeah. And short term meaning usually, and we'll get into this in the cost scenario, but like six to eight months is what yeah. we mean by short term. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so on that flip scenario, because that's something that actually comes up. So from an investment standpoint, we have people who buy or, you know, re uh, renovate uh, and then look to refinance. Uh, typically they'll look for a line of credit or they should be considering a line of credit product, depending on how long they're planning on holding this property. The one thing to consider, however, is if you're someone who's buying and selling and buying and selling, you're going to run through that bank. They're not going to be interested in taking your application over and over and over again for the exact same thing if you keep buying and selling it out. Um, so in some circumstances, you might look at some alternatives to that as well. But uh, yeah, you're right about that six month mark. And as we'll see by that scenario, it tends to make the most sense, right? Yeah. And and just the next the next bullet here that we have is a bridge, which would fall under a short term. So meaning uh, you're, you know, we've seen this a lot where a client has a free and clear home and they're buying another property to move into, uh, but they have to sell their home before they can buy it. And the completion on the new house that they're buying is actually prior to them actually selling their home. So they'll use a line of credit to just bridge that scenario. So they'll be able to buy the, the house that they're, that they have coming up for, for closing while keeping their other home and then pay it off after the house sells. So very similar to the short-term scenario, but we, we would consider that bridge financing in other cases. And, and it's just a, it's just a way to do a bridge without actually having to get bridge financing, which, and bridge financing can be expensive. This is true. This is true. Um, so you also got here safety fund. What were you thinking about there with that point? Yeah. So safety fund, like a lot of people will have a line of credit and they don't actually use it. So the meaning they don't actually draw money from it. It's just there as a safety fund. So if things get bad, if we go through another COVID crisis and we lose our job, we have access to money, essentially. Um, line of credits are easily accessible, which which is another bullet that I have. Basically, it, it, it's, it's, like, it's like money in your bank account. You can log on to your online banking and access it immediately. Yeah. Yeah, I think another side of that is not only like an emergency fund, but you know, if we have someone buying a property and they have a significant down payment, but they qualify for more, we'll typically ask if they want to get access to a line of credit. So in that situation, they don't actually need it. Um, and maybe it is an emergency and they need access to the capital, but maybe they've also found an investment a year down the road and now they have access to one, two, three hundred thousand dollars that they can use for that, right? It's uh, it's pretty cheap borrowing at prime plus a half. It's a it's a very low cost to borrow funds. So a lot of people do use their equity or their home equity line of credit to invest in whatever it might be, businesses, stock markets, further real estate. Yeah. It's, it's important to note that you don't actually pay for it in, unless you use it just like a credit card. You don't, I mean, unless you have some platinum credit card that you pay a monthly fee for, there is no monthly fee to have a, a HELOC. And so it's, if you have access to equity, it is a prudent idea to throw a home equity line of credit on there. If you think that you may need it down the road, 
it's done, it's already there. So if your house is coming up for um, renewal or you're looking to buy a home and you have a substantial down payment, it might be a prudent idea to add uh, a home equity line of credit. So we're, so we'll talk a little bit more about qualification and strategies as we move through this, uh, but hitting through these bullet points, I think it's important to also note out that there are circumstances where a HELOC may not make sense as well to, to have on a mortgage. And there's also a consideration that a lot, I think a lot of people also don't realize that the qualification criteria, which we will talk about later, is different than your typical loan. Um, and then last but not least, it's it's often not as easy, like not every bank or lender offers the exact same line of credit. So uh, you also have to keep in mind, if you have a mortgage now, it's not like just walk in and then push a button and you got a you know a line of credit. There is a qualification consideration to have there. Not always difficult, but it's important to talk to us uh, to look at all of your options because again, your bank's only offering one um, and it may or may not be competitive. Who knows what that looks like? Let's move on to increased cash flow for uh, a rental property right here. And, and if you don't mind, I'll just kick it right off and, and, and lead into it. And so we have to keep in mind that a lot of people, they're purchasing investment properties for different reasons. And they're at different stages of their life. They're at different stages of their investment career um, and so forth. And, and for some people at that time in their, in their lives, it's purely cash flow. They don't care about paying it off. It could be for a variety of reasons, maybe because they're waiting for appreciation to sell the property, maybe because uh, quite simply, they just want to take in as much cash as they can and they, they can see in five or 10 years, the rent is going to continue to increase. But you only have to make interest only payments on this line of credit. And so, well, you're going to pay less to the lending company or to the bank if you're just quite simply paying that interest, meaning more profit in your pocket. Yeah, maybe not paying less, you're just going to be paying less out of pocket. Yeah. So, and, and so that's where it can make sense. And it also where it can relate to uh, like a very relatable strategy here is it could be tax deductible. So the more and you are paying more interest in the case of a home equity line of credit. So there could be some tax advantages here. And, and that's what we we would we would advise you to definitely talk to your accountant about always talk to your accountant don't talk to us about your accounting <laughs> we'll recommend you to somebody that but that's about it um easy access uh in terms of uh your line of credit we touched on a little bit before derek i don't know if you want to throw a point in there about uh, how easy it is to access a line of credit or dean i mean once you have a line of credit it's very easy to access sometimes you can pull the money out online sometimes you have to stop by the bank but it's quite literally a simple transaction to actually pull the money out um, when it comes to qualifying for a new line of credit which we'll touch on later but it's a like applying for a new mortgage you have to income qualify we have to look at credit uh, and there's typically a, a lawyer or notary involved to register that line of credit on the property but if you have an existing line of credit very easy access you can get funds very quickly yep uh, I, I do want to point out really quickly something that we we don't have in our list here, but where it could be usable, and this is a, a, an obvious consideration for us, but maybe not everyone else. Your home equity line of credit can be used as cash for the purchase of a new property, so for that down payment. So sometimes we talk about 100% financing a new property. That basically means in many circumstances that we're using your existing property in the form of a HELOC or mortgage, in this case a HELOC, taking the cash that you're financing on your primary or your other rental, and now moving that as a down payment over to another property. I think a lot of people don't realize they can actually do that. Um, and not every lender treats it the same way, but it can be done. 
Yeah, or investment purposes. We see people invest in liquid assets such as, you know, certain investment funds through their financial advisor or even private mortgages. We see people do private mortgages with their line of credits. Anything that they can really net a higher interest than they're paying, it makes sense in a lot of cases to use a home equity line of credit for that purpose. The other, the last thing I want to touch on is something we do quite a bit. Uh, there's a number of lenders that will allow you to actually, when you get your mortgage, you can register a home equity line of credit for $1. And what that, you know, maybe you may be thinking, why would I want a $1 line of credit? But the, the, the way it function is as, as you make your regular mortgage payments, the principal portion of that payment then becomes available to readvance. And so that's a, that it, for, for example, we, we use Scotia regularly for this product and it's called their step. And it's something that makes a lot of sense for clients that, uh, you know, they may not have access to it now, but it will grow and grow and grow as they pay their mortgage down. That's a really unique program. And a lot of people don't think that they're going to need it, but we've had clients that have gone to sell their home and after paying down their mortgage for three years, they have access to 30 grand or whatever it is. Now they can use the 30 grand to buff up their home, renovate it before they sell and get more to their sale. So there's a lot of little unique situations where people actually do need to access that. Or, or even the deposit on that purchase of the new property as well, right? So just transferring the funds, which uh, saves them some costs or having to go ask family member for that, family members for that money, right? Uh, Dean, what are your thoughts here with the construction loan piece? Yeah, construction loans are something we, we do quite a bit of construction loans and some some lenders actually structure their construction loan very similar to how a home equity line of credit functions. And so that was a point there is a, it, that could be a great time to use a home equity line of credit or to Derek's point about um, renovating for, for the purpose of a flip. Uh, a home equity line of credit can, can essentially replace a construction loan in a lot of cases or like I mentioned, it functions very similar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the points of that is a construction loan or line of credit, you're paying interest only on the money that you've drawn out, which is the exact same as a line of credit. Uh, it can be paid off at any time with no penalties, which is the exact same as a line of credit, and it's readvanceable. So, I mean, a construction, a lot of people kind of get the term mixed up and they think it's a construction mortgage. Primarily, the banks and credit unions have it structured as a line of credit. Yeah. So, so let's talk about, let's be, uh, play the other side of the coin. Let's talk a little bit. We'll, we'll move quicker through this, which is when not to use a line of credit or when doesn't it make sense? And I think the reason that we started this conversation is because uh, we, we hear often blanket statements, and there's no such thing as a blanket statement in lending. Everything is is case by case um, and should always be considered that way. And so we were kind of playing with the numbers and looking at calculations and nerding out as we do from time to time um, or all the time, I should say, and breaking down some some numbers. Because again, even in our industry, I think, uh, you know, a lot of the banks just take the easy route and they just say, hey, here you go, here's your money or, or whatnot, not really taking the time and energy to put into it. That's why you talk to guys like us instead of the bank is a little bit more feedback, right? Um, so long-term holding, um, in a property in, and I think this is where there's obviously a whole whack load of considerations when it comes to getting your mortgage. We don't, when, when you're talking to us, we're talking about, okay, how long are you keeping this property? What are your plans in, you know, six months, 12 months, five years, 10 years, three years, whatever that looks like. And what's your out plan? So when we're talking about long-term, uh, holding a property, generally speaking, and Dean made a good point in here, we're carrying the property for more than six to eight months in that scenario. We have to look at the total cost of carrying that property. And what does it look like after that term? And we, things that we look at are like prepayment penalties, privileges, and so forth. A line of credit obviously has no payments and no, uh, sorry, no penalties, but the interest rate is higher than a mortgage. 
Yes. So you're going to pay a higher interest rate, uh, quite a bit higher actually, when you compare it to a variable rate right now. I think the example we use is a 1.9%, which is a, an achievable variable rate right now, opposed to a 2.95 home equity line of credit, which is in, in our industry, I would say it's a very vanilla product. Most lenders don't compete with each other on a home equity line of credit. It's almost the same cost across the board. So it's a good example. And when we look at the cost scenario, which we will dive into, it, it's, it's about six to eight months is, is your break-even point. So from a long-term position, we consider anything more than six to eight months would be long-term. And you really should look at the total cost analysis in that case. Agreed. Agreed. Very important. All right. Let's talk about, uh, you've written down here, obviously it's an open rate. So the lender does have the ability to raise at any notice. Uh, this I think, uh, was kind of thrown out. Uh, I think it was 2008 or 2009 where, where this became a consideration for people and it became real because we went through the financial crisis and the bank started raising the rate or even from 2017 to 2018, when the prime rate increased as well, yeah. we saw interest rates, uh, raised during that time. So you have to keep in mind that not only does the bank have the ability to raise your, your actual interest cost, Bank of Canada and the economy dictates what happens with your line of credit, just like a variable rate as well. Well, it's important to note that uh, the Bank of Canada will, they'll make decisions on prime rate, but the in, in an open rate, the lender actually has, a, has the ability to change your rate. And so when, when we look at like a five-year closed variable, the lender can never change your discount that you get on a variable rate. But on, a, on an opened line of credit, they can change your rate without notice. And in, to your point in 2008, we did see a big five bank raise their home equity line of credits to as high as 13% overnight. So that is a risk of taking a home equity line of credit. Your rate can change and the lender can make that decision for any reason. And it's in the commitment. It's, it's written in the commitment. Yeah. Pretty rare that it happens for Very sure. Rare, but, but I mean, there is the ability for it to happen. So yeah, I think, I think the key in that point too, is that we don't want people to be scared that that's going to happen because well, anything could really happen and there could be another financial meltdown for all we know, but you should be obviously not over leveraged or at least know your financial status and status. So, so that if something like that happens, you know what your backup plan is or your options are from that point. I, I, I think that should lead right into, um, you know, our, our conversation about, you know, just overall emergency funds and how you use your line of credit and, and the importance of that. I mean, um, we've seen many circumstances where our clients utilize this for uh, their new Harley and boat and sea and, and nothing wrong with those things. I love my boats, but at the same time, um, you know, there, there should be a consideration to how you utilize this line of credit. And obviously we're big proponents of leveraging real estate for investment purposes. We realize that people want to have a life and have fun at the same time that one of the bigger concerns or cons of this product is it is literally like a bank account for a lot of people, right? Yeah, I think one of the biggest kind of issues that people have with the line of credit product is because traditionally it's just going to take an interest only payment from your account interest only. So there's no principal, right? Whereas right now with fixed and variable interest rates so low, 60 to 65% of your payment is actually going to principal, right? So you're actually paying down your mortgage. So what we find a lot of times, if there's not a lot of discipline, um, financially, you might get kind of comfortable with the interest only payment and your lifestyle is built around that. And if you're not paying down principal of your mortgage, I mean, you're losing out on a massive amount of savings and equity, right? 
So that's one thing that people really need to be conscious of is if you're going to take the line of credit, especially if it's for a primary residence, you want to make sure that you have some level of principal pay down over time, unless it's a short term thing and you don't really care. Fair enough. But if it's a long term situation, you want to make sure you're paying down principal. Yeah. And I guess you can argue it's, it, it, it's not a dependable emergency fund just based on the fact that the bank can actually close that home equity line of credit at any point. That's another another piece of power that the bank does have over those products. Again, it's very rare that this would happen, but they do have the ability to close that home equity line of credit at yeah. any time. Yeah. So all in all, like uh, when we talk about cons, these aren't all like bad, bad things. They're just things to watch out for more than anything. And we'll keep skimming through this because we do want to talk a little bit about our qualifying considerations for someone who's looking to use this for anything else. But, you know, it, it, we've talked about this before. Uh, if you get, do get a mortgage with a line of credit, it is a collateral charge, which basically means like for the borrower, they're putting a blanket over your entire property. Um, I think the biggest drawback of the collateral charge that I typically hear is just really at renewal time. Um, you know, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but if you're not negotiating or using a mortgage broker to help you with your renewal, you're you're insane because you're leaving money on the table 99 out of 100 times. Like it's every single time I get somebody at renewal, even if I'm just giving them advice or feedback, but typically they want to work with us because of this good advice. Um, is that you guys are leaving money on the table because the bank's not going to offer you their best offer. Why on earth would they? And what leverage do you really have with them? Especially if they have this blanket over your property, it's more difficult for you to move to another lender and not difficult in the sense of like difficulty, but it's just the cost is different, right? Any other real drawbacks for you on the collateral charge initially? I mean, there's some deep stuff we can get into, but I think that's probably the biggest cost uh, standpoint. Yeah, just understanding what a collateral charge actually means. It's more than just what they register on title. They can actually go after other products and other assets that you have. So it's 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 yeah. it's a common charge. We see it a lot. Some lenders actually read, always register collateral charges regardless of you getting a home equity line of credit. So that's a, probably a whole other episode. Yeah, we'll do that another day. We'll talk about <laughs> collateral charges all day long. Um, you've, you've also written down debt servicing, but why don't we talk about that when it comes to qualifying considerations and then get into your example here because we're getting over time. I know people are loving the HELOC conversation, but we'll keep moving forward here. So qualifying considerations, Derek, why don't you lead us off here? Talk to us about you know what's important about uh, qualifying with, uh, for the, the HELOC that you need to know. I get people asking me all the time, like maybe they don't qualify for the mortgage that they wanted, but they think they can get a line of credit because it has the word equity in there. And for yeah. some reason, the word equity kind of tells people that there's no qualification. I don't know why, um, but the qualification for a line of credit is actually harder than a mortgage. So the reason for that, if you're putting 20% down on a property, we have to stress test you. Uh, we can qualify you over 30 years. In a line of credit, the max amortization that we can use is 25 years. So you're actually going to qualify for a little bit less when you're applying for a line of credit compared to the mortgage. Other than that, they're looking at income, credit, liabilities, everything, just like they would in a typical, mor typical mortgage application. So it's certainly not easier. I'd say it's actually, it's the exact same process and you're going to qualify for a little bit less. Yeah, I think a big piece is they will only go to 65% of the value of their home, right? So if if you are looking to do the whole property as a home equity line of credit and you only have 20% down, then 15% uh, would be actually mortgage. a mortgage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in addition to that, some lenders will only allow two applicants. So so if you need four applicants, there are certain institutions uh, who may or may not allow you to have more than two people on title. Um, but other things to consider, like is actually from an investment standpoint is, and this is like, it's kind of where it's a devil's advocate sort of situation. Uh, there's actually a lot of banks out there now who will actually take, even if you, if you have a line of credit, of, let's say 150,000 bucks, um, they will, even if you've drawn a penny out of it, nothing but a penny, they will use that $150,000 and calculate that payment over a 25 year at whatever the benchmark 
rate is. So they'll take the rate of 4.79% today over 25 years. And they're going to add that on your application and reduce your qualification by that. So that's huge to know. And that's another reason why you want to have access to as many lenders as possible. I think TD is one of the more notable ones that people are aware of. There's a few other banks out there that are doing this. And I imagine that some of the other banks are going to hop on board with that. Um, the other consideration is quite simply as to, to Derek's point, um, it is more challenging. You have to qualify over 25 years at a higher rate when compared to a typical mortgage that you can qualify over uh, 30 years as well. So really when it comes to uh, the HELOC, it's it's such a powerful tool, but you also have to know the ins and outs of the details of, of your qualification. Uh, anything else on the qualification side, guys? So if you're doing anything less than 20% down, there's absolutely no way to access a line of credit. You have to do a minimum of 20% down. And then if you do that, 65% of your financing can be a line of credit. Huge. Yes. Good to know. Dean, let's talk about the scenario, buddy. Um, remember there's people listening to this, so we're going to have to visualize this as best we can. Basically what we're doing is we're comparing the home equity line of credit versus a five-year variable. And we're assuming it's a $400,000 balance. Right now, the, we're, we're seeing a 1.9% is an achievable five-year variable. That's prime 2.45 minus 0.55%. Uh, and you can break that variable rate at any time for uh, a cost of three months interest. So that works out to be about $1,900 on a $400,000 mortgage. A lot of people, one of the biggest pros to a home equity line of credit is the fact that it's open. You can pay it off at any time with no penalty. So that's why we're highlighting the penalty because a variable functions in the same way. There's just a, a, a smaller penalty than you would have on a fixed. So with that, uh, what we do is we're trying to figure out, okay, well, when does it make sense to have the line of credit and when does it make sense to not have the line of credit in this scenario? And so we're just looking at total cost. So on a $400,000 mortgage, we're going to have a payment of $1,458.56 a month with the variable and over the course of a five-year term. So this is based on that payment's based on a 30-year amortization. And so going across a five-year term, you would pay $35,614.88 in interest in five years with this, uh, with this variable rate. And the balance of your mortgage after five years would be $348,000. $101.28 in, in five years. Um, so now what we do is we basically compare that same scenario of 400,000 with a home equity line of credit. So if you were to take the home equity line of credit and pay your, your 2.95% interest rate, which is prime plus 0.5. So 2.45 plus five, uh, you would have zero penalty there. So no penalty to break that mortgage balance is going to be $400,000 payment on that. So the interest only payment on that 400,000 is $983.33. So that's, that's a difference of $475 monthly, which is a pretty big difference, especially when you're looking at the cash flow scenario. That's, that's a huge amount uh, monthly. So, so as you, as you move forward, I just wanted to break in real quickly here, just because that was a lot of numbers in a short amount of time. And even I'm like, Oh, uh, incredible difference here that, that Dean's pointing out. So basically what he's putting, uh, putting out there is that $400,000, whether it was if it was a, a, a variable rate, the payment differential to go to a HELOC, you're actually reducing your payment by 475. But what we're trying to also illustrate is there is a cost associated. So, so Dean, carry on. What, where, at what point does it make sense for us to to look at the variable rate with the higher payment? Yeah. So, I mean, just going right into the next bucket here, the third box is the interest paid over five years. So in five years with the home equity line of credit, you would pay $59,000 of interest. 
compared to the 35,600 in, in the variable term. So that's a difference of $23,385. So you will pay an additional $23,385 in interest alone with the home equity line of credit in, in five years. And then of course the balance is 400,000. So you make no dent towards the balance of the money you borrowed. You still owe 400 K after five years. So it's a pretty significant difference in just total costs, uh, not, not so much out of pocket, but theoretically it is out of pocket because when you look at the additional five-year mortgage balance, an additional, it's an additional $51,000 that you would pay off. So we're looking at, you know, over, basically where we're trying to find is a break even point. So un- like really under a, under one year, we're, we're really around the eight month mark is you would have saved enough interest with the variable rate in eight months to have paid for that penalty. So the biggest consideration for me, if I'm talking to someone outside of that cost comes down to just the, the dollar amount of the payment, just flat out budget, yeah. right? If someone is going, so we got to understand your goals. If you're going with that HELOC and you're going to stay with that for a period of time, you're probably doing it primarily because you want to p- keep your payment down for that timeline. Yeah. Otherwise, if you're looking to save money and, and make a dent in that principle, again, just under one year at this scenario, you should be considering the variable rate for that timeline. So just know your goals there. Yeah, exactly. Cool. That's that was holy cow. That was a lot. So guys, if you're listening to this right now, I have to tell you, you should watch the YouTube video. We'll make sure to uh, make this accessible. If you want to see this kind of information, we send this to our clients to show them the break, even if you're working with us. Um, Derek, is there anything else that you want to talk about with HELOCs today or are you HELOCed out? That's a lot of info. I'm HELOCed out. I'm HELOCed out. Dean, anything else from you? No, I'm good. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for checking out the uh, the show here today. Um, again, please give us a rating on iTunes if you can. Tell your friends, tell your family. Uh, we'll send you that nifty little Thrive mug. We're waiting for some screenshots to be sent our way of those five-star reviews, and it would help us a lot. Keep going. So everybody, Instagram, Facebook world, have an amazing rest of your day, and we will talk to you all very soon.